Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. And we'll be doing things just like that. In fact, we'll be taking a vintage car ride through the French Riviera this summer. And we'll be truffle hunting in Florence in the fall, to name just a few of the experiences so that I can give you a feel for it. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly Butt Butt Coconut, how are you this morning? I am good and... Is my voice too loud in your ears? No, but I knew you were going to call me Butt Butt Coconut. How'd you know? Because our daughter has been saying it Ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Why is ad nauseum I knew you were referring gonna, to I knew you were gonna ask. nausea that it creates? It has to be, right? It's referring to something that has been done or repeated so often that it has become annoying. Yeah, but why nauseum? Is it because nausea? I'm sure. Naus- is it nausea or nausea? Uh, nausea. Nausea. Yeah. How are you today? Nausea is like some weird name someone made up. It's a city in Russia? It's a city. Or you're from Queens, one or the other. Is your dream bigger than your excuse? This is the topic de de jour. I was going to say you were just so going wrong with that de, one. De jour? De jour. Du jour. Du jour. Du jour. Du jour. Okay. So what I love about this topic is that when we first launched our network marketing business, the first event that we did was called this, is your dream bigger than your excuse? And today we're not talking about network marketing, but I love that title because you know what we use network marketing for was to create the foundation to do whatever the F we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you I don't know. You can't say fuck? I can. It's just early in the show for that. Doesn't it, isn't there a time of day where you feel like fuck is just not appropriate? <laughs> huh. 
Yeah, could take that in so many ways. Uh, yeah. Um, sometimes, like you know, morning time when I'm eating pancakes with Sophia. Yeah, it's just it's just There's a weird that. time. But um, but I'm sorry. I f- I feel like I may have interrupted you. Go ahead. You did, but I'm used to it. I've been married to you for a long time. Mm. So what I love about this topic is that regardless of how your how you're going to build your dream, that the question is your dream bigger than your excuse is still valid. And for us, we, you know, tried to do it with online business. We tried to do it with digital media and guidebooks and such. And we eventually managed to do it with network marketing, which super grateful for. But the reality of this is we could have quit 800 times in our 15-year overnight success, right? We could have quit 800 times, but our dream was so much bigger than our excuse. And our dream was to create a life truly of freedom. Now, people say that, and I'm not sure everybody really knows what that means when they say it or feels what that means when they say it. And when we were creating our dream, it was truly about living a location-independent lifestyle, being able to travel when, where, and how we wanted to, being able to travel the world at the drop of a dime, you know, go as long as we want, blah, blah, blah. So that truly is freedom. And I think sometimes people use freedom, but they really mean options and not necessarily freedom because they still want to live kind of tied down in one location or they still want to have job A, but have, you know, more, more money for their month, so to speak. So, you know, for us, freedom truly means freedom. And I think that we're the few (laughs) that actually that means you know, it means that for. Well, then why do you think people quit? Like what, like why, why did, hard. <laughs> why did we not quit? And I mean, like I'm patting ourselves on the back here because I'm proud of it because there are yeah. many moments that, you know, we live on the 19th floor. They're um, looking at the balcony right now. There's many <laughs> minutes I thought of doing a swan dive off of it because it was challenging, right? It was challenging working in a full-time practice while building, you know, a side hustle that ultimately became a full hustle. But we, but we never quit. Why do you think, for people that are listening right now, that are, I always want to say sitting in your cubicle. I don't know why I say that, but I, I guess maybe I read you the four hour work You think everybody is sitting in a cubicle right Yeah, for now? the people that are listening and they're like, they're, you know, me, they're, I, they're, I tr- they're on their way to work. They're on their way to work. Okay, so I tried it. It didn't work mm-hmm. or um, I've been, you know, I've been doing this for three years and I'm banging my head against the wall and I'm not making any headway. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between where you are today? What would you have, what would you have wanted? Maybe there's a better question. What would you have wanted someone to say to you? Like your, like your, like, like what, what would you have wanted to say to your past self? Sorry. It took me a long time. I feel like I birthed a baby. It took me a long time <laughs> to, to get, get that, that sentence to out. get that sentence out. Um, I, you know, what you want, what I would have wanted to hear is everything is happening right now for a reason and just keep following this path because, you know, we've talked about our story in the past. Uh, Rob, chiropractor, me, I was actually personal training. I was an exercise uh, physiologist doing uh, personal training. And we got married and decided to begin this company called Jets at Life. And it was really a passion project It was something because Rob was so bored out of his mind in his clinic that he could be creative. And we took all these trips all the time. We never initially had a plan to monetize it. It was really for fun. And he started to create these travel videos out of 
you know, what we were shooting and we really started to produce them. And then, then we decided right for our work week, decided to monetize it, create digital media. But what was great uh, and not so great was we had these amazing videos and we banked like over 3 million views on YouTube and people loved it and it was awesome and we'd get high fives and, but no one bought the guidebook because we figured out we had an aspirational market. So a lot of people, even that we meet today would say to us, you know, me and my wife would sit in our, our basement and watch your travel videos and dream. And, you know, so they're not exactly buying the guidebook to Mykonos. And that's where we kind of went awry because we had this, we were selling the dream of freedom and travel and fun, but we had nothing to actually sell them, right? So then we fast forward, we were like, okay, we need to monetize something that actually sells. And we sold Jet Set Body. Rob dropped 40 pounds, got in amazing shape. Everyone wanted to know how he did it. We created Jet Set Body. That was doing great. We did like six figures, you know, one year with Jet Set Body. And then the next year we did $99, okay? So if you want to talk about a wall kicking moment where you think you got it all figured out and you're like, oh, we're doing it, we're doing it and wham, (laughs) all right. $99 after spending the $1,000, um, after spending the $1,000 to learn how to sell it. Yeah, it was crazy. So, you know, there was that. And I think all of these things though, all of the groundwork laying with Jets at Life, all of the marketing and the understanding and the concepts, I mean, we did digital, uh, like niche websites was a thing, bed bug cure, literally had a web- website called the bed bug cure. Um, all kinds of weird little niche digital media AdWords, all these things. And of course, there are people that made money in it. We, we're not one of them, but there's a lot of people that made money with that. What I think all of that stuff has led us to where we are today in one way or another. And I think we talked about that on a previous episode, but so I would have wanted to hear you know, you're not doing this work for nothing. You're learning lessons along the way and you're building your repertoire, your, you know, portfolio of connections and friends and understanding of online media and marketing and all of these things um, maybe didn't lead us to where we thought it would, but it definitely paved the way for what we're doing now. And I think the bigger thing though, the reason that we, our excuse for, well, shit, that failed. I mean, we had to have said that one a hundred times. The reason that our excuse was never overpowering our dream and the reason we never quit and took the, the swan dive off the balcony is because we have done the personal work. And by we, I mean you, had done the personal work on yourself and had the tools of personal development from you know 1642 when you began doing it that you kept saying, you know, what's Tony Robbins success formula? Uh, know what you want. Mm-hmm. Notice whether whether it's working or not. And when it's not working, what do you do? Change your approach until it works. There you go. And so that's literally what we have done for 15 years. Yeah, I think, you know, I have, uh, I have two schools of thought on this. The one, sc- I, I think like everything in life, there are, you know, there's the razor's edge of one side of this and the other side of it. So for example, if your dream exceeds your belief by too much, then you, your brain immediately goes, fuck it. Like this is not going to happen. And what you wind up doing is you wind up 
visualizing and dreaming about what you want, but somewhere deep in your brain, even though you've done the affirmations, even though you've done the, the, the visualizations, even though you've written the goals, even though you have the vision board, there's a piece of your brain where the distance between the goal and your belief is just too far that your brain has something in psychology they call a scotoma, which is like a blind spot. It's kind of like, you know, when you walk into, you know, the kitchen and you're like, you're like, I don't know where the salt is. Like Tony Robbins uses this example. I don't know where the salt is. And you open the cabinet, you know, your wife comes behind you and goes, it's right here. It's because you, you kind of had this belief that you didn't know where it was. And so you didn't find it, but it was right in front of you. And I think that happens a lot with goals. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm reading this book by a guy I just interviewed. His name is uh, Frank. He says his name is Canace. I think he's wrong. <laughs> I think it's Canacci. Okay. I think, oh he's, I think he's Italian and I think it's Canacci. But anyway, the book is called How to Create uh, the Perfect Life, which is an interesting title. But one of the things he said in it, which I think is appropriate here, is he likes to sing. And he has this visualization of him driving down the road and being a country singer. And, you know, while it would be great if that were to happen to him, somewhere deep inside of him, he knows that he's not going to be the next Garth Brooks on stage. He just does not have an expectation that that's going to happen. So what I ask you to do is while you're listening to us talk about dreaming, do you have an expectation? Ask yourself honestly, do you have an expectation that that is going to happen? So, you know, like right now, one of the things that I'm visualizing is a four-bedroom house in the Hollywood Riviera section of Southern California, which we don't have yet. We have not found where we're living, and we have four more months to do it because we're going to be in Europe. But the point is that what I'm doing is I'm thinking about what that looks like. Instead of just visualizing what it is, after it's done, I have a gut check, and I ask myself a question. Do you expect that that's going to happen? And sometimes I feel the disconnect and sometimes I don't, but I'm rewiring myself. And other times, you know, I'll set a goal where I have a different vision for a house that I want. And when I say, do I expect that to happen? The answer is yes, but I don't expect that to happen this year. I expect that to happen in like five years or another goal. And I'll shut up after this. Another no, goal is to have 10, 10 million bucks in the bank. Right. So when I think about having 10 million bucks in the bank, do I honestly have an expectation that that's going to happen? And when I first started doing it, the answer was, well, it'd be nice, but I didn't expect it. You know what I mean? I had the intention, but I didn't have the expectation. So I don't know if I'm making the point there, but, but I, I think that that's important. Okay. So to recap though, what you're saying is don't dream too small, but don't dream so far outside your comfort zone that you can't have, that the, the belief isn't there. Now, let me say this. Not though. comfort zone, belief. Out of your belief zone. Belief. I want you out of your comfort zone, but I don't want you so far out of your belief where it's like, it's not going to happen. So, but this is an interesting thing and uh, we can agree to disagree, but- You're wrong. <laughs> uh, if only. But, you know, when you, for the last 15 years, have been wanting to move to California. Mm-hmm. Was your belief there? Because all you ever said was, I'm never moving. I'm ne this is never going to happen. I'm ne it's never going to happen, which is probably part of the problem. But, you know, was that belief truly, truly there that you were going to go? Because I feel like, I feel like if we have, I, I have conversations with people all day long 
about goals and belief. Like that's literally my job. Like I'm a dream catcher. And it's crazy to me to think only go to where your belief is because most people do not have the belief that they can do what I do. That's actually my job is to pour that belief into them and show them that they can. So I would argue still that people are setting their goals and their dreams to be what they believe they can accomplish. And here's the fun fact. If you can believe you can accomplish it, you're probably already on the path to accomplishing it. Therefore, it's really not a dream. A dream, I think, is outside of your belief enough. And maybe we're saying the same thing and splitting hairs, but I think that your belief has to catch up to your dream and the way that you did that, like what you just said was when I first started thinking about this house, it wasn't there. When I first started thinking about the money, it isn't there. But over the course of you practicing manifestation and, and affirmations and making progress towards your goals, that's where your belief gets built. Yeah. I think you either need to change your belief or change your goal. So yes. So I guess- Well, you definitely guess, have to change your belief. I guess here's the point I'm trying to make. If you are too far outside of your belief- it's not going to be so easy. So you're either going to have to drop the goal back a little bit to be just outside of your belief or just, you know, sort of on the edge of what you believe is possible, or you're going to have to do some work on your story to change your belief. Yeah. I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. And, and that's, and, and that's okay too. But, but the point is what I, so look, this, there's no exact science to this, right? So you're right. You have to change you have to, your belief has to be, I guess the point I'm trying to make is whatever goal or dream you choose, my suggestion would be to make sure that your belief is around the alignments of that goal and it's not too far. Because I have seen so many people, including, I, I've seen this recently just in my masterminds, like you know, people have these, you know, 90 day goals. You know, I want to have by, by this next mastermind, I'm going to have a Ferrari and a million dollars in my account. It's so far outside Mm -hmm. of their belief that they become defeated and they come back to the event that 90 days later defeated and going, no, I didn't hit, I didn't hit the goal as opposed to saying, well, well, what is something that is, that is within the range of my belief so that you're not always going, well, I set goals all the time, but I don't achieve them. Okay, so let's let's make this super specific because I actually wrote some notes for how to um, reevaluate your dream or if you're, you know, if you don't have a dream yet, we'll talk about how to how to kind of narrow that down. So the first thing is, you know, wave the magic wand. What do you want your dream life to look like? Not necessarily what do you want to fill your your, you know, car garage with. That too. But what do you truly want your dream life to look like? Life. You wake up in the morning. What do you do? Where do you go for lunch? What's your morning look like? What's your afternoon look like? What's your evening look like? All of those things. Okay. What does that look like? Now amplify it by 50%. Would that be accurate for you? So if you said to me, you know, here's my dream, you know, initially in California, let's use California. Because initially you were like, I, you know, if I just get there. You know, I don't care how we get there if I just get there. But then we amplified it by 50%. And it was like, oh, we want to live within a mile of the ocean. Well, we want to live within a half a mile of the ocean. We want a yard. We want this. We want that. I feel like we took our dream, which was to just get to California, and amplified it 50%. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. So I, to me, that doesn't fall into the category of, you know, I have $0 in my bank account in 90 days, I'm going to have a million. Okay. Because that's like, you're not taking your dream and amplifying it by 50%. You're amplifying it probably by 500%. That's good. You're quantifying it. Yeah. So amplify your dream by 50%. And what does that look like? And this is where Rob is really good at this because he will write out his dream of his perfect day and put all of the sight, the scent, this, you know, well, I guess scent and smell is the same, but all of, all of you, using all of your senses, he will write out a story of what that looks like using all of his senses and create something that he can feel, truly step into and feel, which is where that helps in the manifestation, right? Yeah. Um, I don't, visualization does not come as easy to me as it does to you or a lot of other people. And the way that I have to do it is I have to I have it, like, I'm like a crazy person. I have to have repetition. I have to do it every single day. And then all of a sudden something clicks. And so, you know, when I first started to visualize living in Southern California and what that lifestyle looked like, it was tough for me. The, like the, the mental picture was like gray. Well, but do you know what? Let me say this. You're auditory. Yeah. And so when you write a story and then you read the story, you're actually hearing it in your voice. I am. Whereas I'm visual. And so I can make pictures and it's like I run a movie in my head. But, but that, that, that was my point. That's what's starting to happen now based on the repetition that I have. So in other words, for, for people that are visual, for the people listening right now that are super visual, this is probably not going to apply for you because you could probably make a picture very, very easily of what you want. For those that are listening, that visualization does not come quite so easy and perhaps maybe they're more kinesthetic, they feel things in their gut, or they're more auditory, what I'm about to explain may help a little bit. If you're trying to visualize whatever it is that you're working on, in my case, I'll continue on with the California example, was, you know, what does the house look like? What does my day look like? It wasn't easy for me in the beginning. I, I was like, I saw chunks of it, like a little, like a, a little movie, like think of like a, an old, like a 1920s movie with, was like scratchy. I'd see a little bit of that but then I'd get glimpses of things and it would be weird glimpses. It would be like, I could see the surfboard and feel the sand on the surfboard, but that was really, really clear. But like the house was dark and gray and confusing. But the more I did this and the more I added images to it and the deeper I went into the imagery of it, the movie started to get off the, you know, sort of the cutting room floor and, and onto the screen and became much more uh, rich and vivid and, you know, saturated with color. And adding in the tactile part of it has been a lot for me. So for example, when I visualize myself waking up in the morning after we drop Sophia off in school, I mean, I got it, you know, it's, it's a convertible Porsche and there's, you know, there's a surfboard in the back and I'm driving uh, to the beach. I get out, I put on my, my wetsuit. I can feel the rubber on, on the, uh, the wetsuit or whatever the hell it's made of. That's and, what she said. And uh, I get into the ocean and I could feel the spray of the water on my face. And then when I take it off, I'm playing volleyball. I'm not naked or anything, but I'm taking it off <laughs> and I have my swim trunks on it. And I, I mean, that's I, a different kind of game of volleyball. And I play volleyball and I could feel the sun on my face and I could feel the sand that is drying on my body. As, like, so now it's like super vivid. I'm going into great detail because I think that this detail is important 
in the manifestation process. So This is very different than just writing a list of, I'd like to have a surfboard. I'd like to live at the beach. Well, listen, if you want to get real woo-woo about this, and I, I am definitely not the person to tell you how this works, but there's an argument to be made that what you want is already out there where you're selecting this potential and you're bringing this potential into your life. So if that's true and somewhere I am surfing the beaches of Southern California right now, I am trying to match my my vibrational frequencies and my meditation and visualization with that potential that already exists in the universe. Okay. So now how would you coach someone to figure out exactly what they want? What would be the first step? I just made this visualization of pulling an egg out of my hair right now, my, yeah. my Easter bonnet. Um, people will people respond to that question in one of two ways. The first one is you, somebody like yourself, where I say, what do you want? You're pretty good about it. You are pretty clear about what you want and you can say very clearly and specifically what you want. I think that sort of come na- comes natural to you and I think that you've trained on how to do that pretty well. So with well, you, to you, with you it would be a little bit different. But what most people do is most people say what they don't want which I've used to think was not good, but now it's okay. And let me explain what I mean. If you ask somebody, the first, the first thing I ask somebody when I'm working with them as a coaching client is the question that Oprah loves the most. What do you want? What do you want? And usually you'll hear, for the people who have trouble answering that question, and a lot of people do, You'll usually, you'll usually hear things like, well, I don't want to be in a relationship where somebody treats me like this anymore. I don't want to have a bank account with no money in it. I don't want to keep working at this job where I'm sitting, spending most of my day in traffic. I don't want to be this overweight and feeling uncomfortable in the swimsuit. So you have to list out everything that they said, and then you just reverse it and say, okay, well, so you don't want to be, let's use weight because everybody has, you know, I want to lose five pounds, Right. You don't want to be, uh, you don't want to feel like that in your swimsuit. What do you want to feel like? I just want to feel confident. Okay. What does confident look like? Well, I don't want my muffin top hanging over the bottom of, okay, what do you want to see? I want to see an abdomen that is, you know, and then you start, you slowly start to get what they want. And then they, they build the picture for what they want. And a lot of this has to do with the story that they're telling themselves of why they can't have it. So they're not even willing to even share what they really want because they got the story about, you know, I've been, I've been overweight all my life or something like that. So you have to identify where the blocks are. You know why you're such a good coach? Well, thank you. Because you ask questions. It's the only way. So, okay. So you would say to someone, you know, Bob, because why not? Bob, you don't know what you want. Okay, well, what do you not want? You know, and Bob says what he doesn't want. And then Bob should answer, I don't want blank. Okay, well, what would you want instead of that? What do you want that to look like? Right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, sometimes I think sometimes you have to. So, like, if someone doesn't have the coach to guide them through this, how can they figure out what they want? In in um, one of two ways. One is when they're in an emotional state where they're pissed, where they're angry, where they're frustrated, where they just want to change, just start screaming. <laughs> I hate this in my life. I can't stand and write it all down. Journal I hate out. I hate 
feeling like this. What do I feel like? I feel like I take my shirt off and I feel like I got this belly that's hanging over and I fucking hate that. I feel embarrassed when I walk down the beach. Write it down. I hate when I come home at the end of the night and my wife and I are fighting with each other. Write that down. I hate when I walk into work and I, and I see my boss and he's just telling me what to do and he's such a dipshit. Write it down. And then so get when you're intense and in that state, one, two, the reverse usually happens when somebody's on vacation. Oh my God, I feel so good. I've never felt this good before. What did you notice? I slept. Oh, I had eight hours sleep last night. What else? Well, last night I went out with my wife and we had a, we had a, a, you know, a bottle of wine and we had the most interesting conversation. Oh, so you like to have conversations with your wife. What'd you do? I spent the day at the pool with my daughter today. Oh, so you like to connect with your daughter. What else do you like? Well, we were, we went out, you know, we're in the Caribbean. So we went out horseback riding. What would you like about that? Well, I wasn't thinking about anything. I wasn't working. What, what was special? And so you write that down. So two ends of the extreme, one, when you're feeling really, really bad. And two is when you're feeling really, really good. You'll, this stuff will start to bubble up. I think when you're not in state, and you sit down with a piece of paper and you go, what do I want? I, I think you start to get answers that are a little bit analog. They're a little bit, you know, just mm, answers that you should get, you know, like I, I want to go back and get my MBA. I want to go to law school or, you know, on the younger end of things, or, you know, I, I think to really get clear, you have to talk about the pain, about what you absolutely hate and the pleasure when you have the pleasure and then see if you can sift through four or five things that are just non-negotiables for you. That was awesome. Okay. So now moving on to, you know, now you have the dream. Now you're clear. You've amplified it by 50%. It feels a little bit uncomfortable, but you know, you're building your belief to it. It's bold. It's very specific. You're manifesting it. You're doing your daily affirmations, your visualization, all of those things. Now, you know, we can sit on the couch and visualize our dream all day, but if you don't get your ass off the couch and take some action, then you're not going to be surfing with a wetsuit, right? So accomplishing the dream, you know, what's your action plan? How do you create an action plan to reverse engineer that dream? Okay. So yes, everything you said is right. And I want to add one. I feel like there's a but. There's not a but. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's something that I read a few years ago that a lot of people have probably read, but I think it's really appropriate here. And it's a book by Keller, the guy who created Keller uh, Real Estate called The One Thing. And this one sentence has been bubbling up inside of me. Um, like I've been waking up to the sentence and I've been like going to sleep with the sentence. And when that happens, um, again, woo-woo department, we need to have some kind I need to have the editor have some kind of like magic. Every time I say woo-woo, like we get a little, we get like a little magic. Chimes. Yeah, magical chimes. <laughs> um, this, falls into the, this falls into the woo-woo department. When that happens for me, I know that I'm getting a message from, you know, Mars that's telling me I need to do this. So here's, here's the sentence. Message from Mars. We're going to use the example that um, we've been using throughout the course of this podcast, which is, yeah, um, it doesn't matter. What's the, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You just quit. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> What's the one thing that you can do such that by doing it makes everything else easier or unnecessary? Mm. What's the one thing that you can do such that by doing it makes everything else easier or unnecessary. So if I said to you, this is your goal, this is goal X, 
and you put it at the top of the page. And you look at that goal and you go, okay, so the goal is for us to get this house in Southern California, right? What's the one thing today that I can do such that by doing it is going to make everything else easier or unnecessary? And what that does is it takes your to-do list, which we all are trying to cross things off our to-do list. But how often do you cross 50 things off your to-do list? You get to the end of it and you're like, did I do anything? Did, did like anything get done? Can you done? give me a tactical example of this? Yeah. So because I, I know I'll people, give you an example. I'll give I know you a great everybody example. just wrote that down, like yeah. pulled over, wrote that down and is going to look back and go, but how the fuck? Okay. I'll yeah. give you an example. Because I know I am. I'll give you two examples. And, and again, the idea of this is to create, it's using the extreme by creating extreme uh, compression where you can only pick one thing. And in that, comp- in that extreme compression forces you to choose the task that is going to have the highest yield. Okay. Okay. So for today, what I have on my list and I, every day I wake up and I have the one thing that I have to do, which is what this is. And for me, the one thing that I have to do is to, because I'm launching a coaching business now and I'm, and clients are starting to come in, I have to get the message out there and I have to share my coaching. So for me to have the 10 coaching clients that I want to create, what is the one thing that I can do today such that by doing it will make everything else on my list easier or unnecessary? And the answer to that question that came to me today was to shoot a one minute promotional video, which I did while you were dropping Sophia off from school, off to to school, talking about my coaching that I can send to my Facebook ad person who can upload that ad. And that ad can keep being shown to people who are liking my stuff, i.e. retargeting and send them to an application that one thing is going to be the thing that will fill applications for me to do phone calls to fill the coaching thing. That is the one thing that I can do. That's the most powerful. Now I have, if you open my phone and you look at my, my things list, there's an app called things that I use. I think there's probably 65 things on it. But if I look at all 65 things, this is the one that's actually going to move the needle. And I got the answer to that by actually asking myself that question. All right. So having that action plan, creating that action plan, we've talked about the push journal nonstop, which is kind of like the one thing, but it's the three things. The only modification I made to the push journal, instead of doing three things, I write one. You don't do three things a day? I do one now. And I'm training myself now to do one or two Mm -hmm. because- one or two things that'll push the needle on the on the on the push goal. On yeah, the big goal. yeah. Because what I found for me was that when I had three of them, I was either doing one of two things. I was either making them too easy or I was making them too hard. Mm. So now I just compressed it and said, if I can only do one, yeah. If I can only do one, what one thing is going to move me closer to accomplishing this goal? Okay. All right. So we got the action plan, but now here's the other part of it. And this is what I've realized as you're um, in the world of coaching and masterminds and all of that. And then me and my world, you know, of mentorship and, you know, all of that. If you don't have someone or a small group to bounce ideas off of and get honest feedback, then this isn't going to work out. So for example, 
Rob and I, when we had Jets at Life, did not have this said group of people. And we did a lot of things because we thought they were great, but we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. So we might've thought we were, they were great, but there, there wasn't, it was trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. We didn't have the network, the support group to be able to bounce ideas off of and go, what do you think about that? What do you think about this? Like, if you think about the people that were in our life at that time, you know, we had David and Lewis and all of these amazing people. Can you imagine if we had just created a small group of people to bounce ideas off of? Like how much further could we have all gone and how much faster could we have all gone? And so having that coach, mentor, mastermind, accountability partner that gives honest feedback, not your mom, not your wife, (laughs) you know, those people are great and we all need belief and they pour belief in us. However, you need that honest feedback. Yeah. When I think about lots of things that we've done, you know, we've been to, you know, internet marketing back in the day. We've been to like, you know, Yannick Silver's internet marketing for for those of you that are- Underground. For those of you that remember that, you know, Frank Kern and all of that. So yeah, you can buy products online and you can go to an actual seminar and stuff. But community that you're talking about- Mm is so incredibly invaluable. Let me give you an example. One of the guys that are in my mastermind, I did a call yesterday and you know, uh, people talk about what they're working out, right? So what I'm working out now is a new coaching business. So I'm trying to you know, become exceptional in it, I, which is what I try and do in anything I, I, step, I step my toe into, right? I want to do the work. So I jumped on a phone call with him yesterday and what we wound up realizing was the economic bracket of people that I wanted to coach because there's a difference between somebody making 20,000 a year and somebody making a million dollars a year. They just, they have different, you know, they have different problems. So being able to jump on a call with him because he knows me, he knows how I think, he knows where my blind spots are, where my insecurities are, where my fears are, because we've been intimate with each other. Not in that way. I'm a married man and I don't go, I don't go that way, but I'm just saying We've been, not that there's anything wrong. Not with that. that there's anything wrong with that, but we've been intimate with each other in as My far husband. as the mastermind sharing, you know, um, fears, bre- breakthroughs and fears. Yeah. And so he was able to say, like Rob, I know one of the insecurities that you have in this area because you've shared it is X, Y, and Z. So why don't you just say what you really want to say? And I'm like, huh. Well, that takes trust. And, and that, that takes trust. That's why community, I mean, I can, I can do a half hour on that conversation, but, but, the, a, but, but the point the is point. that the, commun- the community, you're right. The community is what allows the shift, which is one of the reasons why I'm such a fan of masterminds. Okay. So the overall lesson to today is, is your dream bigger than your excuse? If your dream is not bigger than your excuse, you have the wrong dream. We gave you tactical ways to create that dream, define that dream, amplify that dream. And then Rob, drop the mic on some amazing action uh, ways to create the plan that's actually going to help you achieve the dream. I feel like I want to make a mic drop sounds. Here, ready? That was a, that was a pencil, but okay. <laughs> but okay. Um, but before we go, I want to do something uh, that we haven't really done before. And so you're going to have to give me a, a, a quick secchi here. Are we going to sing and dance now? Is that what's going to happen? No, we're not going to sing and dance, but I want to do a Friday shout out. I want to start a new little a new little thing because I've been getting some really great messages from people all around the world on Instagram that are, you know, just sharing with me different things, you know, that are going on in their life and how we've made an impact in 
you know, their life and stuff like that. And so today I want to shout out at Next Level Workspace. And he sent me a message just so kind talking about our 147th episode, which I don't, I'm not exactly sure which one that was, but how we've been helping them overcome some obstacles and build a million dollar business. And I just want to shout him out for one, going through the work and doing the work that it takes to not just listen to us and have shelf help. You know, you can consume information until the ends of the earth, but he's putting it into action and creating a bang in business out of it. So at Next Level Workspace, you're a cool dude. And thank you for reaching out and keep sharing your story with me. Well, on that note, Next Level Workspace, we are wishing you nothing but love and positivity and success in everything that you're doing. And we really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. You have a lot of podcasts you can listen to. So I appreciate you listening to us. Well, that's it, everybody. Are you done? Are we done? done? Have a great day. Okay, goodbye. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. 